Hi, I'm Joel Hunter Borelli, and I serve as the Chief Visionary Officer for Calvary Associates. I'm excited to be here with Hani Rosen, the CEO and founder of Calvary Associates. We're excited to be in this raw, expansive space. Hani. Joel, are you cold? I'm cold. I'm cold too. <laughs> Hi, Hani, can you tell people why we're here? Um, yeah, but before I tell you what here is and why we're here, I first need to tell you where we're coming from. Okay. Um, five years ago, my brother Yol and I rented a little space. It was on Thanksgiving because I was off from my job. Rented a little space in Borough Park on 13th Avenue, 51st Street, an office as big as, you know, around about this carpet. <laughs> um, and it was just you and Yol. Just me and Yol. We started out, you know, the refrigerator, we had to decide which one to take because we needed that, like, small one that fits. The that's compact. How, the compact, because that's, that's how small how, the space <laughs> That's the It didn't space, take yeah. long, though, and we found a bigger basement um, on 58th Street in Bar Park. But from there on, we went to our next location. Which, which is your current one. Yes, in Flatbush, which is a two-story... Uh, office with 24 employees? I, I think that's what you've got. That's what we're up to right now. Um, and we no longer fit. And this... And you're hiring. And we are hiring and we want to... So the team's going to grow. By a lot. And that's what brings us here. Well, this is going to be beautiful space. I cannot wait to show it to you. Yeah, so hopefully the build-out is in a few weeks. And it's going to be a little warmer. Uh, hopefully so. There is a little chill in here. Honey, when we first decided to do a podcast, we discussed the myriad of topics we could touch on, uh, lessons you learned, lessons you wanted to impart. Um, and I remember I asked you, I said, well, what about the, these challenges? Uh, you're young. I've got a year or two on you. Uh, you're female in a male-dominated industry. And you're from the Hasidic community. Uh, you're a young female entrepreneur from the Hasidic community. So you said to me, you said, Joel, those aren't challenges. Those are my strengths. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, a little bit about, I, I, if you're going to take me there, I'm going to talk a lot. Okay, so let, let's break it down. Let's talk about youth first. How's okay. that your strength? How's that a strength? How's it help your clients? Yeah, like the year or two, are we still on that? <laughs> I just need to know how much I could, okay, good, okay, fine. The only thing that differentiates us in age that people could tell is there's a little gray in the beard. The only beard thing, now. okay, right. good. I'm, I'm just being short because I'm, I'm gonna hit it hard now. Um, young, what does that typically give you? In experience, does it know better, right? That's what people think. Right, so how's that my strength? I think the best thing that, like, it takes me right there is the story that, you know, my daughter came home on the first day of school, and she says, I have this amazing teacher. She said a phenomenal story. I said, tell me the story. And um, if you think I talk a lot, she talks a lot more than me. Your daughter. Yes. She's like you. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, so she comes and she starts a story and she says, you know, there's a very big wall and there was a big contest and put her together with contest. It's like, it's a good day, you know, like, let's compete. Let's do this. Anyway, so there was a contest with a lot of frogs and the frogs had to get to the top 
of that wall. And there were a lot of you know, onlookers and people watching you know, the contest. And as the frogs were making their way up, people were saying, nah, they're not going to make it. And they were seeing how, what a difficult time most of the frogs were having. And they were like, nah, they're not going to make it. Look at that frog. He's almost falling and you know, all that stuff. And you know, people started walking away, really not believing that they're going to make it and speaking loud about how difficult it seems to be and how they're not going to get to the top. Um, and then you know, one frog you know, falls back and the other one just jumps off and the other one falls off. And, but then there's that one frog that's just like going and going. He doesn't look down. He doesn't look back. He's just going. And he wins the contest and he did make it to the top of the wall. And, you know, he comes down, he gets congratulations and everybody and somebody's like, how did you do it? How did you make it to the top? And somebody says, by the way, he's deaf. So, the funny part, I'll connect it as to how that's, you know, with an experience. The funny part of that story was, um, I said, Pesci, that's such a wonderful story. But, and then, no, that's it. I'm like, okay, so what was your teacher saying? You could do anything you want, put your mind to, don't listen to the surrounding backgrounds, nothing. Get it. No, no, mom, that's the story. I'm like, I wish your teacher would know that, like, they had no idea, like, what <laughs> a good anecdote was the first day of school, <laughs> a little bit, you know, like, third graders. Okay, but, but I took, like, I put that very close to, I'm taking the deafness of that frog, and I'm comparing it to myself and saying, that's my lack of experience. Because sometimes your ear, like, your hearing ability is your experience, and what you hear or what you experience is what limits you to get to where you need to get to or to try the things you need to try or to keep crawling that wall. And I feel that the people with experience are just not, they get to the middle of the crawl and they're like, nah, I already see, it's not gonna work, it's not happening, and they go the other side. I think uh, the, there's another analogy, I think it's credited to Mark Twain, where he says, um, they didn't know it was impossible, so they did it. So yes. it's kind of the same thing. That you don't find yourself jaded by experience where, you know, it can't happen. You bring a fresh perspective to it. Yes, That's how I bring my deafness. Now it works for me. Besides it working for me, it I works for your client. bring that to the clients. I say, give me your project, okay? I will take my lack of experience. I will be deaf to what anybody is telling me. This is what you wanna achieve? You wanna to get to the top of that wall? My deafness, my lack of experience is not going to take, oh, I couldn't do it last time. Why am I gonna be able to do it this time? Or I've been told no three times. Or, in fact, it reminds me of a story where there was you know, this project and the developer comes into me saying, listen, I went to this guy and he says like a really you know, big guy in the industry or I guess he, I wouldn't call him a big guy in the industry. I would say he has a lot of clients, but okay. I, don't make, I don't consider him big. And, and he said, I can do it. And he said, I can do it. But, you know, my friend did a project with you and he was so happy. So, I'm, I, yeah. so and I took the project on and I was deaf and I went for it, even though everybody said it cannot be done. Guess what? I got it done. And you know what happened? So somebody came over to me and asked me, I don't understand. How did you get this done? Da, da, da. And, you know, we spoke, we, we exchanged laws and codes and sections of the code. And I, it's like, you know what I'm realizing now? The commissioner or the supervisor or the chief that was in this borough for the last three years is the one that said no to this, even though there was no backing of the law. So anybody that experienced or tried to do this in the last three years got a no. So even though the chief was out 
and it isn't a section in the law, and it is permitted, and there is a way to get it done, nobody even tried because of that experience that they had. They didn't even know where that experience is coming from. So me not having the experience or taking the experience along with me and just giving it a shot and trying and giving it my all because I don't see why not and I don't take it at face value and I didn't use old experiences to, to you know, put the path forward as to what next. I got it done. And you know how many projects got done after it where the only pe- reason people were trying it because their experience told them no, even though it's a Okay, so that's uh, your, a strength and it's a skill. So let's move on to the next, right? Right. Well, we've taken care of uh, your youth. Let's address being a female in a, what is still a male-dominated industry. How is that a strength? How is that a skill? How does it apply? How does it benefit your clients? Right. Um, so there's so much to say about this one. So let me start with the tip, like the most obvious, the typical, right? You go into a room with a lot of people. There are some notable, there are some that aren't. You go to a networking event. Everybody's trying to make their business card or the thing they're giving out a little bit. Different shapes, different colors, different textures. Okay, for this industry, to like a tape measure because every time you go on that site and you want to measure, you're going to use it, you're going to think of me. Everybody tries to make you remember them. I don't give any tape measures. They're like, oh, that woman? That's it. No business cards, no shape, no heaviness, no, you know, even though by the oh, way. Oh, so you're that woman. I'm that woman. Uh-huh. And nobody forgets me. And I'm just unforgettable as it is. But taking it like, yeah, there was a woman there. And, and, and it's just something that, how is that not a strength? I don't got to make, you know, like stay remembered. I'm just remembered for that woman. So who cares? Well, it must work for you because in, uh, in the five years you've grown your business to a team now of 24 people, your business has come all organically. Yes. There has been no massive marketing. If it's organic, it's coming by referral. Have you faced any discrimination? Do you feel? I, I'm not saying you have. But- mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things that come up for me when you're saying this right now. So the first thing that like I've experienced, and I didn't feel any discrimination, but I did feel like I got this. You know, like don't you know, like don't go there. Was you know, we were we were. It was on the day of approval, um, and it was still when you know everything was in person at Department of Buildings and I walk into Department of Buildings with you know like a whole set of plans on my shoulders because on the day of approval you need three sets one that stays in Department of Buildings so think 50 pages times three it's 150 papers all in a roll and I'm carrying on the shoulder and then I have that bag my phone my earpods were slipping out and I'm like you know and there's this guy's like would you like me to hold that for you I said, this? No, but if you'd like, you can hold my back for Oh, you weren't letting go of the plans. No, I'm not letting, this is me. This is what I've accomplished today. And nobody could take me over. Why? You think I can't carry this? I could carry this. You know, if you want to be a gentleman, you could take my back for me. I, I let, you know, I'm fine with that. Um, so half people try to, oh, you can't do this. Like, that's too heavy for you. And in fact, on the way up in the elevator, somebody tells me, that's not fair. Your architect should have carried that. I'm like, hmm? There is no architect. This is me. Like, this is, I'm getting this approved today. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. I, I didn't even answer because I'm like, you're so shallow. Like, you see 
a set of plans and you see an architect behind it, you don't assume that. There was another guy in the elevator and he was holding, I mean, it wasn't that, but it was, nobody assumed that he needed an architect by his side. You know, like, uh, he's an expediter and he would get it. But you know what? You know when you see something unexpected, which takes me to the second thing. Um, I was in this job site in Queens and it was like fully excavated. It was a square block. It was really huge. The site was a mess. There were contractors, there were super, uh, you know, construction site supers and, and, and the investors came by on that day. We came by on that day. Um, and it was just like a lot of, you know, coming and going, everybody with the hard hats and underground in that big pit. Um, nobody noticed anybody. Everybody was there for a purpose that day and everybody just went around their own way but everybody noticed me. And I think I got like a really good client out of that one actually, because they came over there like, they thought I was lost. And you know, like you're seeing this girl in the middle of a pit hole and they're like with the, with the hard hands, like it's not safe for you here. And I'm like, I know, should we get out? And he's like, who are you? <laughs> Cause like, I didn't accept that as, or I'm not going to go explaining, you know, oh, it's not safe. Should we get out? That's a, you're that woman again. I'm that woman again. That, that woman again. Believe me, there were a million people there. And that investor is, you know, comes once a year, you know, to maybe look at the site that he just invested a ton of money into. And he wanted to know who that woman, if it's safe for her and how that's how I got talking to him. And then once I got talking, you no longer saw, um, you no longer saw the young, you no longer saw the woman, you saw. Honey Rose. Yeah, you saw me. So, Honey, let me ask you something else. Uh, you, you've discussed how being young is a strength. Uh, it's a, you almost turn it into a skill by being deaf to uh, the uh, jaded experience of others. You've just addressed being a female in a male-dominated field and how uh, being recognized as that woman works to your advantage, and the evidence proves that it does. But being a young female entrepreneur out of the Hasidic culture, and I, again, saw that as perhaps a challenge. You said that's a strength. Is everybody thinking that? Like, is that, well, that's I, like, I, you, I, just, I, you just spoke about the elephant in the room. How'd you yeah, go there? I, right. You went there. I want, I want to know. <laughs> okay, good. And I think, I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot want to know, and you're asking how I did that as a strength. So you know that that woman that I was talking about? Imagine how that doubles and triples. Hasidic woman? Like, yeah. And again, it's, I, I, who is she? Who, what is she doing? Like, who is she? Why is she dressed like that? Like, what is she doing? And, and, and it's again, it's that woman. It's that unforgettable woman. And it's not because they spoke to me. It's not because of something great I did. Because, listen, they just got to wait until I do something. And then, you know, it's not going to be the woman. It's not going to be the young. It's not going to be the Hasidish. It's going to be... He, she upped my ROI. She gave me, you know, like <laughs> she that got percentage. my job done. She yes. got my building and she built. got it done in the <laughs> fastest way that's possible. She did it so strategically that it went off without a glitch. That by the time you were ready for CFO, there was nothing holding you back. Every puzzle piece was in place. Um, and I speak a lot that about that a lot, saying this is a huge puzzle. There are a ton of pieces to it. You're gonna forget about one. He doesn't have a CFO. He doesn't get his funding or she doesn't get to close or sell or because you forgot that one puzzle piece. And um, you're going to want a woman there, a woman that gives attention to detail. Because if this is a puzzle piece with a ton of different pieces, 
don't you want to give attention to each piece? That's because- your skill. Attention to detail. I- but it, it's born out of being a woman. Yes, kind of, I, I kind have, of. it comes natural to me. It, 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 it's just my second nature. It's just... That's that looking down the street and around the corner piece again, Absolutely. Right? When I'm going to see, you know, my daughter always asks me, how did you know I was in your room? I said, what do you mean? I saw that fingerprint in the bathroom mirror. I knew you crawled up there. You thought <laughs> I hadn't gotten to something. So I saw she was in, you know, like, I saw she was in the room. So if she was in the room, in the bathroom, making a mark on that mirror... What did she take from inside that mirror? What did she need to get up there? You got to, you know, think ahead. So imagine if I get to do that on development projects or investments that people have, and they count on you looking around the bend. They count, and don't walk and then look. Look before you walk there. You know, like, tell me what's going to be and prepare for her now. Or take a detour because you don't want to get there. Honey, it's been documented before that you don't sleep a lot. Uh, you have yeah. five daughters, right? Uh, and you have 24 people at work for you. How do you do it? Hmm. I would love to say that there is some magic pill and so, you know, something like that. But, I, you know, Joel, if, I, if you go to sleep at 2 o'clock and I wake you up before I say, Joel, there is a private jet waiting for you to go to the elite island that you've... Uh, are you going to be tired? No, it's something you've been dreaming of doing and the opportunity is here and it doesn't matter how much you sleep. It's every morning when I wake up. Yeah, I wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah, I wake up tired. But they're waking me up to you go, go to that right resort. To work, you go right to work. But that's my private jet and my, you know, like resort island. And for me, that's joy. And, and, and just like you, you don't understand or wouldn't understand how somebody could say like, Oh, you're making my dream happen and it's happening now. My like thing that I always wanted to do and the thing I love doing, you're going to say you're tired? No. So when I wake up, I'm, I go straight to work, but I go to do the thing that I love to do. And I've only seen you uh, in a diet of, uh, it's basically a sugar-based diet that, that you're on. Is that correct? Uh, it's embarrassing. Okay, so you've seen my desk, obviously, because this is not coming from nowhere. So it's either going to be coffee, right? And a lot of I, I see a constant stream of coffee that goes back and forth. Yes. Yes. Um, and then there is that Mike and Nike and the sour Oh, that's jellies. what they are, the Mike and Ike. Yes, and they're really good. You should try them. Yeah. I probably have some in my bag for you. Um, yeah, but you know what? That's all I need because I need the sugar in my body and... You know, somebody says, I, I was having such a good time, I didn't realize how starved I was, right? Or, this is my job, which is, I don't remember that I'm hungry. And, and, and yeah. Before you started Calvary, you were a teacher, correct? Yes. Uh, because I noticed that you're always teaching part of the team. It seems like uh, part of your daily routine is to impart lessons. What do you teach them? Huh. So I have a lot to teach them. And believe me, it's not code. It's not zoning. It's not the section of the law. It's not any of that. Because that, open your book and go, you know, read what you have to read and you'll figure it out. Um, I think what I'm so proud about teaching them, the things I learned that made me me, that made me successful in the projects that I've done, I'm creating many means. You don't want to walk into the room after, you know, they're all taught up because that's a lot of khanis and it's, it's a little, um, but yeah, I'm teaching them 
what I learned and they're learning it the easy way. They're learning it and, and that's what I, I want them to do it the way I do it. I want them to have the foresight, to have the, the strategy, to have a way of thinking. And sometimes if you, if you ever join those meetings, we're talking about, um, anything but. I would give them any type of scenario, any type of situation. Say, there is a way out of this situation and it's even better than if there was no problem. What is it? And I repeat it again and I repeat the situation again and I expect them to find it. And this is almost like just getting their minds thinking the way I think. Uh, like a, It's like a puzzle. You're teaching them a little bit to see how to, what's how, not there. Exactly, exactly. And then I'm teaching them how to see what's there, but it's around the bend. Or have foresight and to see what's going to be. If you go in this direction, you can't actually go there, but you have to see what's going to happen if you do, and how does that affect you. So maybe you don't want to go there. Okay, so for this thing, it works out. But then what happens when you're up to sign off? Or what happens when you're up to getting your CFO? You're going to be butchered with this. So is that the direction you really want to go because it's good right now? I don't think most people realize uh, when they think of what you do that um, the business of expediting is overcoming hurdles and challenges. I'll never forget. Somebody tells me, oh, I heard you wanted to expedite. That was five years ago, uh, not, uh, three and a half years ago. So you basically push paper? I'm like, huh? And, and, like, I, I can handle that. Like, I could take that. But that's what you think it is? Like, no. It's like pushing all the stuff that are going in there in the right places and making the puzzle come to be to get the client, the vision and the dream as to what they dreamed of in the fastest way possible and for the largest return and for the cheapest and for, I could go on. Uh, outside of your clients, I mean, you've built a team. You've built a big team now and you're continuing to hire. Do you think, um, well, when, we, when you're hiring, you, the people frame you. Uh, you don't fit into a stereotype or their expectations. Do you have anything to say about that? So, Joel, what, what, what made you agree to work with me? Uh, because I had seen you. Oh. Be because I, I, and right. I was impressed from the moment I had seen you. Thank and, you. Uh, I said, that woman knows what she's doing. That young, female, Hasidic <laughs> woman knows what she's doing. Yeah, so I think that... You give off a lot of energy. Thank you. But I think it's what intrigues people to get them there in the first place. And then once they get there, they see what you have seen. And you say, like, I've seen you. I, I, you know, I've, saw, I've seen your work. I've seen you um, in action. And, and, you know, I wanted to, you know, be a part of that or do that with you or whatever. But um, at first, it's just they're intrigued. Um, some of them. I think that's some. Yeah. Okay. If it comes from recommendation, which he finished the project five months earlier than I did, and I'm still stuck with this stupid whatever it is that's holding him up. And he already got his return. He's talking about the next investment. I partnered with him on the deal before. How is he running? Where is he running to? I'm still stuck with this. You know, like I'm waiting to refinance this so I could run along with him. But he's running. What is he doing? And he's doing me. And um, I am giving him all that strength that you call challenges or a lot of, you know, the world calls it challenges. But if you look at it the other way, it's like, I'm giving you all that strength and I'm taking that strength and I'm putting it towards your project. I'm putting it towards your money. I'm putting it towards your investment. And what do people love more, you know, than yeah, themselves is their money, you know? And, 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 and I'm adding strength to that. I'm giving it that, 
rocket fuel, like just, you know, fuel that it needs. And this, I make their project be more with those And you make it come to reality. You make those dreams come true. Yes, and I bring them farther than they could have imagined. And and you do it sometimes, again, by imparting bad news, right? Sometimes you're the messenger. No, all the time. So... (laughs) You know, I don't know, Ostrich puts his hand in the sand, like head in the sand. Yes, right? yeah. Some of the developers do that. Some of the investors do that. Some of the properties owners do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Pick up, pick up, higher, higher, higher. You see that? We're going to avoid that. Or we're going to fix that. Or we're going to notice that it's there and take care of it. Um, yes, a lot of times it's bad news, but... Because developers come to you with kind of a mathematical spreadsheet in their head of they need to extract, they need this amount of apartments to come out of this amount of property that they've got. In this amount of time. In this amount of time. And sometimes you have to tell them what? that. Right. So sometimes what I do is like, you could, I, I, I see your math and your math works. I see your time frame and your time frame is feasible, but not with this math. If you're going to want to try to argue this return, so... First things first, what do you need? What is more important to you? Meaning to say, is your, does it have to be this number or does it have to be this time? Because sometimes it can be both. Or sometimes it's like, we'll focus on the time, which may be giving up an apartment. And if we make it through the right timeline, we'll then work on adding that apartment. Because if you're just going to be aggressive on that apartment, you might lose the apartment and lose the time fighting for that apartment and come out with none. So I, I, I take it from a different angle. I said, time or apartments? Time? Okay. You need it in six months? I do it in three. And after three, I try to add that apartment because I never give up. I never accept no. I never accept it's not possible. It's possible. The only thing is how are you going to do it smartly? Or how are you going to do it where you don't get butchered from both directions? I don't think a lot of people realize how important time frame is to a client and in, the, in your line of business, it's practically everything. No, it's, it's probably the first because question I get. How long is it going to take? I'm like, what going to take? Oh, I want to do an eight-story, but I'm like, I think that's important to you know, mention. You know, like, what's the project? And then you could ask me the question, but sometimes I find that people are like, you know, I, I, I know that people that invest their money and know that they can't... Um, they can't refinance or they can't move on or they can't until it's not done. So they want to know, when can I have my money back? I'm like, you didn't even give me your money yet. Like, what are, what is the project we're talking about? Um, and they lose focus though. It, it is the first question that they ask, like, how long is this going to take? Um, but then they say, oh, and I want this and I want that. I'm like, wait, you can't have both. Let's focus on the priority, which apparently is you know, how much time it's going to take. No, but he told me I could do it. Yeah, I could do it too. But I'm focusing on the time, which is the most important. He could do it, but did he tell you that it takes two months longer to go through, you know, the BSA or, you know, getting the merger approval from Department of Finance? Because I don't know if they do any work there between Monday and Friday. I think they work on like Tuesdays and... Well, you, you've got a bunch of key components that have to come together, right? So you've got the developer's vision and then you've got a builder, Right. A plumber, engineering. Right. So, you know, you're, I, I love that you're mentioning together. that because think about this. When, when, when any developer or any contractor, they want to put their team together, right? They're going to go to the electrician. I want this skill set. They're going to go to the plumber. I have this problem. So I'm going to want this skill set and so on, right? You're going to want my skill set as part of that team. 
Because, because it's your skill set that stitches set it together. That the male dominant <laughs> industry are male and don't have. So when you're looking for your skill set, that's when you want Honey Rosen on your team. That's when you want that woman. That woman, Honey yeah. Rosen on your team. That's right. I don't think most people would realize either that um, you have an encyclopedic knowledge of zoning, of rules. And it amazes me even when I hear you uh, imparting that to people. It's like where that, you acquired that. that how- um, so I think that the relevant experience that I, that I have and the knowledge that I've gained, um, I heard it from being told no. The code doesn't allow it. Really? Which code? Show me the code. It says and or, but it, it doesn't say or, it says and, or it says or and not and. It could be either option. And I read that code and I put myself into it as if it was the Bible and as if it was, you know, something that I'll be te- like tested on. Um, because I test myself, I challenge myself. This has come up before. You're like a frustrated attorney, right? If you didn't do expediting, is that what you'd be? So actually, there was a, 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 a chief plan examiner in the Department of Buildings says, um, you know, Hi, so are you an engineer? I said, no, I'm in the process of becoming one, but no. So why are you, like, are you going for law? I said, what? No, guilty, innocent? No, I make everybody innocent. Like, no, that's not what I, so he said, but I don't understand. Why don't you become a zoning law attorney? I'm like, I don't know. I don't either understand it, but I'm very happy where I am right now. And I love what I do. And I'm just going to continue doing that. But I, I hear him. I heard him more than once. Like That you should be an attorney? Yeah. But it, you know what? It started all the way back in school. They're like, are you her attorney? I'm like, I would love to be. Like, well, well, can you have I try a gift. that? You've got a gift to talk. You've got the gift to gab. Or I got the gift of finding that glove. Like that OJ, you know, like, you know, finding that glove that will make it. <laughs> Somebody tells me, I want to I wanna debate with you. I said, sure, what topic? <laughs> okay, we chose a topic. So we debated, and I came out right. You know, like, I, my point was just stronger. And then I said, you know what? Our debate is not over. Now we're going to switch seats. The same topic, and I'm going to win again, but by proving your point. That's very fun. And I did. So in regard to... Um, grooming, cultivating the team. If you had uh, uh, to list the biggest lesson that you could impart on the team, what would it be? Communication. And there's a lot to be said about that, right? Oh, and oh, I, I could say a lot about anything, but communication, a lot. Then I think what we're going to do is we're going to save the topic of communication for our next podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the first episode, the premiere episode of Hani Rosen Talks A Lot. Thank you, Hani. Thank you, Joel. You're going to want to stick around for the next one because I have a lot to say about it, but all of it is just so important. It's good stuff. Thank you again. Thank you, Joel.